0: Welcome to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. In this program we have conversations with people about their interests, their lives, the things that motivate and excite them. So relax and enjoy this conversation. My guest yeah. today on Conversations is Kate Spencer. You may remember Kate, who was a Capitol resident till about three years ago when she moved to the UK. Also, we uh, serialised her book, Being Daisy. So, welcome, Kate.
1: Thanks, Graham. It's lovely to be back to talk to you again.
0: So tell me, what happened in the UK adventure? Because you um, left here on a trip and never came home.
1: I know. Well, we were planning to go for like one to five years and things changed And we got to England and my husband now, he's a Yorkshire man. And um, he missed Yorkshire, he missed England and everything there is there in the history. And my grandchildren were grown up. So I decided that, yes, okay, we'd go back to England for a while. Right. Um, And we've ended up sort of staying there. But we're off to France in March. We're going to go and spend a couple of years in France.
0: Right. Mind you, I'm I'm presuming you're pleased you're not back in, in Harrogate at the moment because the snow was a touch deep.
1: The the snow's are touch, deep, and this morning when I spoke to my husband again, um, he showed me a lovely picture out of the window of drizzle. I hate drizzle. Oh,
0: indeed, indeed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, grey and overcast.
0: Right, so you're quite enjoying the the, uh, cavity sun. No, you're in Nelson at the moment, aren't you?
1: I'm in... I'm in Nelson with the out. yes, absolutely, and it's beautiful. We've been sailing and swimming and doing things and hanging out, and I, um, I leave on the 4th to go up to Wellington and um, uh, popping up to the uh, Coromandel for a few days and then back for my final week in Wellington, which is, looks like it's going to be pretty full on.
0: Excellent. Right, now one of the things we wanted to talk about, and we had a, an amazing chat yesterday, so I'm trying to get everything back in place in my mind. You are the Harrogate... Yeah. Ambassador to Wellington. Is that correct? Is that the correct title?
1: Oh, that, I like that word. I like that word, ambassador. Um, I am the official representative for the twinning association between Harrogate and Wellington. I came by that position quite haphazardly because I go to French club every Monday because I speak French. I was a French teacher. And... Um, I met a guy there called Dennis Richards, and he is the chairman of the Harrogate International Partnerships. And when he found out that I was a Kiwi as well, he was like, oh, <laughs> you're a Kiwi, you're from Wellington and you live in Harrogate. All my Christmases have come at once. Right. So um, anyway, he grabbed me and, and, and that's what I now am. Yes, I'm the official representative.
0: Okay, what does it actually mean when you twin cities?
1: It means that you build relationships between them that are both business, um, sometimes financial, um, sometimes with schools. Um, and at the moment we're working on a link between uh, Harrogate Grammar School and Scots College. Um, so that's something I've managed to sort out while I've been here. Uh, and we also build relationships of friendship. And but one of the main things that our relationship is built on between Wellington and Harrogate. Is the fact that we have over one thousand one hundred airmen buried in a cemetery called Stonefall, which is in Harrogate, and twenty three of those young airmen are from Wellington, are from New Zealand. Right. Um, so. Our relationship with Wellington began around about 1954 when these young airmen who were buried there, we wanted to honour them in some way. And so there's a, a big garden development in what well, we call it a garden. It's a big park mm. in Harrogate called the Valley Gardens. And a section of that garden was developed into what we call the New Zealand Garden. And that was to honour these airmen. So we have a totem that was sent over from New Zealand. We had a kiwi bird, I believe, a big wooden one that was Mm -hmm. sent over. And uh, we developed the garden and began this twinning relationship with Wellington back in 1954 in honour of these airmen.
0: Oh, right, as long as it goes there. So what's the comparison? What what size is Harrogate as a city?
1: It's about the same size as Wellington, actually, with approximately the same number of people. Don't ask me how many people there are, but I right. know it's about exactly the same size. So we're very, very similar in size and how, how we um, how we operate. Really, it's really comfortable to walk around Harrogate. It's a beautiful city. It's founded. It was founded around about seventeen fifty, not very long ago. Oh,
0: it's quite modern uh, for English I've standards. It's exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but it was founded because it was a spa town. So the the waters there were healing waters. So a lot of people used to go there in order to be healed and drink the water. Right. Um, and that's how Harrogate was founded. So there are lots of wells in the Valley Garden as well. And um, so that's how our relationship um, started because of World War Two, and because of these airmen that were
0: buried in the cemetery. Right, now the, the British celebrate re, no, celebrate's the wrong word. They have re, Remembrance Day. Commemorate. Yeah, commemorate, thank you. It's yeah. always the wrong word, isn't it? So they commemorate Remembrance Day on November 11, but we have Anzac Day, which was quite foreign to the, um, to the people of Harrogate. Well, it's, it's quite
1: foreign to the people of England, really, because we don't... Most people that you speak about Anzac Day, they wouldn't have a clue. Mm, mm. And um, I'll come on to it later, but when I was speaking to His Worship, the Mayor Andy Foster in Wellington uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, he said that if you asked most Kiwis about Poppy Day, um, they really wouldn't know either mm. about the 11th, because it's the 25th for Kiwis. So... When I knew I was coming to New Zealand, um, because I'd been waiting two and a half years to get back, and because of Mm. the dreaded word, um, it was extended a long time, uh, I decided that I needed to know a little bit more about these airmen in case I met people like you, Graham, who were going to interview me and talk to me and ask me questions. Right. And I didn't want to get caught out, you know. So... Um, A lady called Elizabeth Smith, who works for the Commonwealth War Graves Commission, she arranged for myself and one of the ex-mayors who's on the HIP committee and Dennis, who's the chairman, and a couple of others, to have a tour of the cemetery pointing out these 23 New Zealand airmen. And they all have a lovely story. Well, I say lovely It's a sad story. Indeed. Because when you look at their graves, they like, I think the youngest I saw was 21. And the oldest that I saw of those was like 32. And so while we were having this tour that was very informative, that took two hours to go Mm. on this cemetery. We found four Wellingtonians. She said, oh, this one's from Wellington because she knew I was going to Wellington. And I was like, wow. So having found, no, we found three, actually. Mm. And so um, I thought, well, these people need to be honoured on ANZAC Day. And so having now talked to the Commonwealth War Graves Commission in England, Elizabeth, and the RSA, which is the Return Services Association, because you have to get their permission as well. Sure. We are now able, on the 25th of April next year, to have a service that will specifically honour the New Zealanders there. And in particular, the four, because I now found another one, Mm -hmm. the four Wellingtonians who are buried among them, who we have now adopted, Harrogate International Partnerships have adopted these four, and they in particular will be honoured on Anzac Day next year.
0: Now, you've written a small book about them. Is Um, And you're going to present that to the uh, New Zealand Defence Force?
1: Yeah, well, I actually met with the Mayor of Wellington um, uh, before Christmas, and we had a a lovely conversation. And originally, I was coming over to bring small gifts Mm -hmm. to present to the Mayor as a relationship builder between the two cities, and just to renew those relationships because nobody's really been on the ball for the last five to ten years, I think. So I came over with signed gifts from the mayor. I had a lovely meeting with him. And just to mention also that we from Harrogate sent over um, an official mace. You know the
0: big mace? It's a big ceremonial Um, club.
1: Yeah. Yeah, are big ceremonial club. Yeah. yeah. And what happens is uh, we sent that over to Wellington and every time they have a council meeting, it comes out. Brilliant. So it's on display every time. So I sat with Andy Foster and we had a nice conversation and he gave me gifts to take back to the mayor. Before I went to see him, I thought, these four airmen, I'm going to find out a little bit more about them. So I started searching on the internet. I started going through the um, the online cenotaph.
0: Yes, I know it. The
1: Auckland Museum, yeah. And I managed to find out information about each one of these four New Zealand airmen. And I thought they need to be specifically pointed out. And you know me with writing, great. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, right, okay, well, I'll just put it on a piece of paper And that piece of paper turned into 20 pieces of paper. And I managed to find a photograph of everyone, um, a little bit of history of each of them. And I thought, well, I'm going to put it together. So I I did that and um, I got a booklet together and I presented it to the mayor. And they were over the moon with it. They really were, um, not because of me, but Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I the trouble that I'd gone to to get it together.
0: And and building this important link. Hmm.
1: And building the important link to Hmm. strengthen those links between us and to know that these four airmen are being honoured. So I presented it to them, and the outcome of that was that they're going to publish it online.
0: (laughs) Excellent.
1: Yeah, so it means that people can go online. I mean, I don't know whether they have to pay for it or not. If they do, then it would be a very, very small amount, mm. and maybe that might go to some sort of charity. I don't know. But it will be published online, and people can get a copy. Excellent. Um, so
0: who are yeah. who the four men?
1: Well, the four men... Um, I can very briefly go through them just Mm. in alphabetical order for you um, with a very, very brief overline. Um, The first one was Charles Agnew. Now, he was the son of Robert and Margaret Agnew, who emigrated to New Zealand from Fife in Scotland. Mm. And he, he was also married. He was the husband of Cecilia Joyce Agnew. He was a pilot officer navigator, like so many of these young airmen, he completed his training with the British Commonwealth Air Training Plan in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yep. And when he graduated from there on the 26th of November, um, he went over to join Bomber Command. I thought
0: he'd be Bomber Command, yep.
1: Yeah. He went to join Bomber Command. He was part of 630 Squadron based in Lincolnshire and they were equipped with the Lancaster Mark III Bombers. I don't know if you, I mean, you probably know a lot more about bombers than I do, but I know that the first ones, they only had two engines and therefore a lot of them were shot down because they didn't have the speed. They didn't have the speed, did they? So what they did, I think they were called Manchesters.
0: That's right. And they were also Whitleys as well, if I remember correctly.
1: There were Whitleys. And so what (laughs) they did was they, and this is just for your listeners, they put two extra. Engines on the side, so they then had four engines, which gave them a huge amount of power mm. And they named them the Lancaster yep. uh, Which are famous for bomber command um, Now, unfortunately on the 22nd of November, he was a crew member He was a navigator and he was on a Lancaster mark 3 bomber and he was on a mission to detect U U-boat German U-boat pens but like so many of these young men buried in that cemetery, he was killed on a training exercise.
0: Oh, dear.
1: It, it, it's tragic. You know, the engine failed, the aircraft crashed out of control um, in the um, mouth of the Humber estuary in East Yorkshire. The, the good story about this is that Agnew was the only one of ten brothers in his family who was killed in action in World War II.
0: Well, yeah,
1: well, he was 25 years old. Mm. 25. So, the uh, the next one was Alfred Churchill, interesting middle name, yes, Lockyer. Yeah, now he was from Wellington, he was a son of John Adams Lockyer and Gertrude Lockyer, and he was a flying officer um he was born in belfast and he came over to new zealand when he was 7 years old on the ss tamaroa and interestingly enough that was the same ship that took him back to canada oh goodness ah, right yeah so he, he arrived in um, it's a place called RAF North Killingholm in Lincolnshire on the fourteenth of March, nineteen forty-five. He completed his training, and he qualified as pilot officer. And don't forget, you probably know anyway that a lot of these young pilot officers that went off to train, they couldn't even drive a car.
0: Exactly. Yes. They couldn't I... drive
1: a car, and yet they were put in charge of flying airplanes.
0: And it was a very so big airplane. Joined... Hmm. Yes
1: yes and so he qualified and he went on to bomber command he joined 550 squadron three days after he joined the squadron he was with six other airmen and they were sent on a training exercise over the north sea but 10 minutes into the flight it was cancelled and they were ordered to go to a bombing range at Okborough to drop practice bombs But during that mission, they were also advised to return to base because of an air raid in a local town. Hull, actually, it's not a local town, it's a big town. Mm. And they were told to turn off their lights. At that stage, they came under attack by a Luftwaffe, twin-engine aircraft. It appeared behind them and it attacked them. And they went into two spiral twists in order to avoid it. Mm. But on the third attack... And Lockyer ordered his crew to bail out. Only the flight officer, flight engineer managed to clear the plane before the aircraft went into a dive and crashed into the sea. So one of them survived. Lockyer was in fact the, the pilot officer of the last Bomber Command Lancaster aircraft to be shot down by the Luftwaffe. And it was just one month after this loss that 550 Squadron flew their final mission. Right. He was 23.
0: Isn't that tragic?
1: 23 years old. Mm. It's tragic. You know, and I mean, I think the lovely thing about this is that you're putting stories to people. You don't just go around a cemetery and go, oh, look, there's the name, there's the name. They're they're people.
0: That's right. Yeah. And they had actual people. They had mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, yeah, exactly. And grandparents.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Grandparents. And, you know, these mothers waved cheerio to their sons, not wanting to let them go, but knowing that they probably would never see them again.
0: Indeed. Indeed. I I
1: don't know how they coped. The third one was Terence McKinley. He got the Distinguished Flying Cross. Mm. Um, He was from Wellington. Um, He embarked with 1,433 other New Zealand church on the Dominion Monarch out of Wellington on the 6th of November, 6th of December 1940. He trained in Canada and he graduated in 1941 and he went on to complete his tour with 102 Squadron, of uh, Bomber Command. Mm. Uh, he was awarded the DFC for his service and um, in the london gazette in 1943 it said he was an outstanding captain and his fine spirit courage and leadership had gained him the entire confidence of his crew but on the 14th of november 1943 him and three other crew members were air testing a halifax two bomber Mm -hmm. again a training exercise unfortunately it suffered a double engine failure and it crashed out of control, and it killed all four members of the crew. He was twenty-one years old.
0: Yeah, and he'd survived a whole tour over Germany. Uh, that's it's incredible, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Twenty-one years old, and all four of them were buried together in Harrogate. Uh, the final one is of these four is John Matthew Stack. Now he emigrated from England with his parents, John Charles Edward Stack and Ada Ann Stack. And they, in fact, lived in Paraparaumu. I think they went up and down the coast. I haven't been able to track that down. Mm. But he was a flying officer. And he was again part of Bomber Command. And their motto was strike hard and sure. Mm. Uh, he was part of the heavy conversion unit. Um, and um, yeah he he trained on medium bombers to operate and in order to operate heavy bombers such as the lancaster sterling mark 3 but on the 18th of october at 2305 with six other airmen he took off in a sterling mark 3 and um, went on a low level cross country night training exercise and during the flight the weather conditions deteriorated visibility became difficult and at 305 the aircraft crashed into a hillside and it killed. um, Oh, one, the tail gunner was thrown clear and survived, but the rest of the crew were, um, they died, and they're all buried together in Stonefall Cemetery. And he was 27. Right. And and those are the four, you Mm. know, with, with stories.
0: Now, if anyone listening to this is related to them, If they contact me here at the radio station, I'll put them in in, in contact with you and then you might be able to fill in some of the details and they can give you other details as well. Is that okay?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm happy to pass on. I think you have my email address. But I will make sure that you have that. Yep. And it would be preferable if they contact me through email. So having done this, having presented it to the mayor and having had a tour, which was very nice with the Commonwealth War Graves Commission lady in Karori Cemetery, Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I need to give a copy of this to the Air Force. Indeed. So I've been in touch with them, and I have a meeting at Defence Headquarters in Wellington on... um, week after next,
0: Hmm. and
1: and I'll be presenting that book to them there, together with the lady who I feel should be present, which is um, Becky Mastersmith, Hmm. who is in charge of the war graves for the whole of New Zealand.
0: Right. This whole topic is quite sobering isn't it and it, it's a bit of a contrast here you are celebrating the neat things about Harrogate and Wellington etc etc but in the midst of it, is th- there's this small bit of of, of tragedy but somehow it, it, it adds to the quality of the relationship doesn't it? it It does add to the quality of
1: the relationship and only um, on Sunday the 19th we have a it's not organized by hip it's organized by an individual lady who decided to do it. it is a candlelit christmas remembrance service for all of the 1000 plus airmen Mm. there but when i was speaking to mayor andy foster i asked him if he would like to send a message over for that ceremony so he did he wrote a lovely message Obviously, I couldn't be there, but my husband during the ceremony he delivered that message nice. from the mayor, and everybody was delighted to hear that because again, it's forging that link.
0: Right. So, what's the next stage in the um, in the Twin City um, story? What's what, what's planned for this coming year of twenty twenty
1: two? Well. Um, As I said, we will now be celebrating. I will be going back to meet with our mayor, um, Trevor Chapman, in Harrogate to present the presents to him from Mm -hmm. Andy Foster. I will be, as I said, I'm going to France, so I'm going to be out of England for a little bit. But there will be a ceremony on the 25th of April to celebrate these airmen. Um, There were candles laid at every single grave, including the ones, the four airmen. So there will be an Anzac ceremony. There will be wreaths laid on that date. Nice. Um, and hopefully we can, um, we're looking at a possible link between businesses as well to start that going. And hopefully we can get this memorandum understanding between Harrogate Grammar School and Scots College sorted out. So those are the things that are immediately planned. A- of course, I should be back next year. And uh, I'll I'll bring back some slingsby gin because we're very famous for our slingsby gin in Harrogate.
0: Right, right. Now, changing the topic (laughs) slightly, are you working on on another book? What's happening with your literary uh, life? Oh.
1: Right. Well, when I got over to England um, in 2018, I immediately put on my play in Bristol, which is blokes what I have known. Yeah, I did that one on the final night. I fell and broke my arm, um, which wasn't good. I had a couple of other venues arranged, which I had to cancel because I then got acute pancreatitis. and was banged up in hospital for a while. So I've had a few medical issues going on. However, I am working on a book that I wrote back in, ooh, when I lived in Turkey in 96, 97. Right. It's a futuristic thing. It's quite quirky. So I'm working hard on that one to get that one finished and get it online and published. But plays have been put on a... Back, you know, I mean, theatre has been just really closed down in England for the last two years. Indeed. COVID. Thing. I started... Yep. Oh COVID. I started doing talks in libraries. Mm -hmm. I got I did two with my book and then everything stopped.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Everything stopped. So Um, It's the ideal time to write, really. And I must admit that when I spent two weeks in MIQ in Rotorua, I wrote more in those two weeks than I've done in the last six months.
0: I can imagine. (laughs) Imagine. Okay, so look, we just have run out of time. So um, if people watch the Wellington City Council site, they should be able to pick up when your book is posted online for people to read. Um. Will there be any kind of video link set up for the um, April twenty fifth service? You think?
1: Oh, there will be. Yes, Hmm. we will make sure that there is a video link set up. There's also a video link um, if people want to look at it on the Mayor of Wellington's Facebook page. Oh, right. Go back a couple of weeks, but there is a link on there of the um, Christmas Remembrance Service. And around about 34 minutes, or 34.32 minutes into the video, is where my husband delivers my speech and also the speech from the Lord Mayor of Wellington.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, Kate, it's been a pleasure catching up. Um, We we should um, give you a call in France at some stage and see how that adventure's going.
1: That would be lovely. At the moment, my husband said they've shut the border. We can't even get in, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we, we'll get in. I mean, I always get in everywhere, Graham. I mean, people think kind I'm of bonkers coming out to New Zealand, but I say to them, this is the safest country in the world. I mean, we've got about 200,000 new infections per day going on mm, at the moment.
0: Mm. And, and, we England, have, so. and and New Zealand has 10 and 20 and 30 a day, or perhaps more than that. But, yeah. yeah. I know. Kate, thanks yeah. for the chat. So I'm not it's been wonderful. To getting
1: back to that. Okay. Thank you so much, Greg. Bye
0: bye. My guest today was Kate Spencer, playwright, author, representative of Harrogate City in the uh, twinning with Wellington City, and she has compiled a book on the four Wellington airmen buried in Harrogate Cemetery. been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio, a program where we talk with people about their lives, their passions, their interests. I'm Graham Joyce.